Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, December 5th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so start dialing. In fact, you should dial quickly here. I've got just about nothing this morning. So today is all about you and what you want to talk about. 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone and jump in. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority. You name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone. So last week, it seems like I just had an overabundance of stuff I wanted to talk about um, on my commentary or at the show opens. I couldn't even seem to get it all in. Uh, This week, I got up this morning fairly early, started reviewing stuff, and there's like nothing in the news today. It's all repeats of last week's stuff. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on, just not a lot happening with everything that's going on right now. I almost wonder if part of it is because Elon Musk seems to be dominating the news cycle everywhere. The mainstream media just seems to be losing its mind. Uh, On last week, uh, Elon Musk released some papers on from Twitter and how Twitter was colluding with the government to delete and hide certain posts. You know, I said when when Twitter was doing it or Facebook or YouTube or whoever, they're private companies. And I believe that and I stand by that. They have the right to do that if they want. And then we have the right to not use their services, which is partially what we've been doing. We, uh, I wasn't on Twitter for a very, very long time, really ever. Um, In the beginning, it was mostly because I just didn't see the relevance of it. Uh, And then by the time it did become very relevant, there was some pretty heavy censorship going on, especially around health. I mean, that that was the first area that they really came after before we even heard of cancel culture and all of the other things going on with social media. They had come after health pretty early. Then if you said anything negative about the vaccine, uh, but now that seems to be changing, at least on Twitter, and this will put pressure on the other platforms. Now, it looks like it is true that the government pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to delete or censor or hide. That's a whole different matter. That is um, a breach of the First Amendment. If a private company does it, that's their choice. I've said that from the beginning, not that I like it, but it's their choice. That's the way it should be. But when the government pressures those companies, that is a totally different issue. All right, so calls are starting to come in. Like I said, I really didn't have a lot anyway today, so uh, keep the calls coming. We're going to jump into those right now. 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. We're going to get started in Missouri today. Dale, welcome to the program. 
Hey, good morning, Kevin. Um, I bought some of that Cardio Miracle that and that uh, special you had a week or so ago. Okay. And uh, I went ahead and started start take. Uh, I stopped taking my blood pressure medicine. That's uh, lisinopril and hydrochlorothiazide. It's uh, twenty milligrams is what it is. And then um, also another change I made after talking to you about. I ordered some. Uh, different adaptogen coffee, mushroom products for my wife, who's actually going to call in today oh, on her lunch break, uh, noon noon uh, local time. I told her to talk to you a little bit, and then uh, you'll probably eventually just put her on hold, and you'll have her schedule a discovery call with her. So I told her to sure. have her uh, her uh, plan, planner with her so she can pick a time when they give her one, you know. Good, good. But uh, at any rate, back to... Back, back to this deal, I was telling you about what she did, uh, that she would have two mugs of coffee and then take a 20-ounce-to-go mug, and he was like, oh, wow. Like, it, that was a lot of coffee. It's a lot of caffeine. It is. Well, well, at that time, what I was doing is I would drink, I got this big mug. Big mug, I can get two and maybe a half cups out of that 10-cup crap you know okay so i would drink that while i was making my lunch i would fill up a, a, a quart thermos and a 30 ounce to go cup and i did that five days a week and on the weekend i'd probably drink damn near two pops of coffee in the morning holy cow so i got thinking if you was that <laughs> well i was sitting there thinking if you was like that freaked out by the amount my wife was drinking i was like holy man you'd be telling me like i don't know what to do with you but so so in, in a week's time, I cut that down to one thirty-ounce mug of coffee, period, Good. a day. Good. Okay. So and I want to. Then I was explaining to my wife because she asked me why I was doing this. I go for blood pressure, and she goes, "Well, why do you want to cut down coffee?" And I go, "Because it's the caffeine." And she goes, "Well, it wakes you up." And I go, "Well," and you might correct me if I'm misspeaking. I told her, I "Go well." The reason why I believe caffeine wakes you up, just like all the other shit they told us to eat, like bread. And, Pasta for the last 50 years, they're like, hey, drink coffee. It'll really wake you up. And we was like, wow, it works. I'm going to drink coffee now. But the reason it works is that it, your body sees the caffeine as a poison, so it speeds up your metabolism really fast to get that shit out of your system as soon as possible, which uh, makes you wake up. No, not not exactly. The All the end results are the same. Caffeine itself is a pretty uh, unique molecule, and there are only a few foods on the planet we can get caffeine from. Coffee and tea are the big ones. Uh, a lot of people think there's caffeine okay. in chocolate. That's actually not true. There's a, a compound in chocolate called theobromine, which is has a very similar effect on our nervous system that caffeine does. It's just a lot more mild. I mean, if you drink a cup of coffee and you don't ever drink coffee, you feel it. I mean, you you can get really jittery, and and uh, it, it is definitely a stimulant. It, it's along the same lines as uh, cocaine, um, methamphetamine, Adderall. All of those compounds are stimulants to our nervous system. Now, caffeine is pretty mild comparatively, but even if you look at cocaine, the, the plant that it comes from, the coca plant, in South America, it's mm -hmm. really common to just chew those leaves. 
like the way we might chew tobacco. People will actually chew the leaf and hold it in their cheek. They'll get the caffeine from that. Well, I'm sorry, it's not caffeine. We were talking about the cocaine plant. They'll get that stimulant, but it's in a really, really mild form, and it's not much different than the way we use caffeine. Now, it's when you start concentrating those things that they become really dangerous. When we take that coca plant and we process it down and we concentrate it into cocaine, now it becomes pretty dangerous. Caffeine, we can't really do that with because if you increase the levels of caffeine too much, it does become toxic. It's not, you know, the, the caffeine molecule can cause all kinds of problems at high doses. Now, what happens is we can become accustomed to it. We can build a tolerance to it. And if when you're at 30 plus out, even now your your amount 30 ounces a day is kind of like my upper limit. I mean, you, you've brought yours down into, you know, a, a usable um, limit, but it's that's the upper part of the limit. Much more than that. Here's another thing. You probably don't feel the effects of caffeine much anymore. You've become very tolerant to it. Um, but there is clearly a uh, an amphetamine-like effect from caffeine. That That's what the molecule does. So too much of it just overstimulates um, all of the the chemicals that we don't want too much of in today's world where we're overstressed, cortisol, um, ephedrine, things like that, that just really stimulate our nervous system and we end up overstimulated. That's really the problem with caffeine. And in today's world, with as stressful as everything is, um, that can really become a problem. Okay, so today will be the fifth day that I did not take my uh, blood pressure medicine. Okay. And then now that you know that my coffee intake's down to 30 ounces a day, I uh, got my Omron cuff out last night, and uh, the only way I could get my blood pressure down to to where I could pass to DOT physical was uh, Wim Hof breathing. Okay. But as soon as I quit doing that, I went right back to a fail rate. Yeah, so here's what that tells but, us. Um, because that, I've been that actually tells that. us something. That tells us that you are struggling to stay in the rest and digest mode. That's really what the Wim Hof breathing is is kind of almost forcing us into. It's so effective. It gets us into that rest and digest mode. That's the the two sides of our nervous system: rest and digest, and uh, fight or flight. And our lifestyle, we're surrounded by all these stressful events and that keeps us in the fight or flight mode. That's what kind of wears out our, our nervous system. We, you know, sometimes refer to it as adrenal fatigue uh, and, and more and more caffeine was probably trying to make up for the fact that your adrenals were getting kind of tired and they're not putting out the chemicals you need to keep you awake. And then we start to lean on caffeine for that. So it's going to take some time, but that's actually a good sign that your high blood pressure is being caused by the fact that you're just spending too much time in the fight or flight mode. 
So I need to revert back to an acronym I came up with for people like CTFD for when they're too excited, they need to calm down. Yeah, exactly. But, but I'm, a, I'm a huge analogy and acronym guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, but, that's, uh, we, we just need to step away from all of that kind of stress that we deal with every day. And we have well, to, you know, and I really to, should be able to do that. Well, the other thing I have to say, because I've actually found this to be more important, stepping away from it once in a while is important. We need that break. What we really need to do is build our stress resilience back. And that's what the whole stress protocol is about, the Wim Hof breathing, the cold exposure. All of those things actually make our stress muscle stronger so that if we are surrounded by stress, we can actually deal with it better. And I really should be able to do the CTFD. And uh, I do, uh, it's easy for me to do cold, cold exposure right this minute because uh, the climate I live in. Yeah. And also, exactly. I know you can do it in the shower because I got, I got well water. And if you want to know about cold exposure, it's cold. Crack that open from that's a well right. that's 752 feet deep. Yes. But, that uh, would be cold. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I got thinking, you know, I worked for, uh, they're no longer a company anymore, CCX. I worked for them. I'm still working for the company after they changed name and got bought out. But when I've been here 28 years and in the environment of working in the P&D operation on the dock, you got pounds for an hour, stops for an hour. You, you, you've done P&D operations. You, it's, you're wheeling and dealing and this guy's at lunch. You got to go hit this dock. That oh, guy's yeah. dock's blowed out come over here you know how you got if you if you drew a spaghetti map of what you did all day it would look hectic you know yeah but uh anyways now now i just run a day lane line haul like 400 miles it's a meet and turn okay Uh, the last two years i spent building the house which i had to fire the builder that was a big stressor yeah so pretty much uh right now i really don't have a lot to stress me out you know that then you've got half of it you know, beat because you can, you're not surrounded by. Now, the other thing we have to do is we have to make sure we don't allow just everyday stuff to stress us out. And and a lot of people do, you know, the traffic in the morning or the, you know, the drive through screwed up their coffee order or whatever. And then they get to work and, you know, something happens at work and, and it's just all day long. If we're not careful, if we don't, really pay attention to how things might be stressing us. That's one part. The other one is the almost everybody we see today, I, I would say is just weak when it comes to stress resilience. We, we've kind of worn ourselves out. And once you get to that point, it becomes really difficult to turn that around unless you are doing the specific things we need to do. Just resting, I have found now, you what? can rest an awful lot, and you'll you'll kind of take yourself out of that stress. You'll recover if you rest long enough. The problem is, as soon as you go back to everyday life, you're stressed again. That's when we figured out you can't just avoid stress. We we really have to build our stress resilience. Well, and I think there's a a time for me to take a deeper look at the causes that are the effects of stress, because I've always said, I've always tried to stay pretty in tune with myself. And, uh, like when I was, I ran uh, PM line hole 
in back before we got this 10 hours off a day, which if I was over the road, I, I would totally hate this. But for local guys, it's uh, it's great. We should have totally different rules because we yeah. do totally different things. Absolutely. Yeah. Back then, we back then for the over the road drivers that don't know what, why that's that way, um, I would get off work and I, you could do no paperwork on DOT required paperwork, logbook, or inspection forms on company time because that wasn't company required. So you'd get off work punch off their clock, fill out all that stuff, hand that in. And when we're, when we're busy, they would say, be back on your eight. That meant you had eight hours to now leave, get your pickup, drive home, clean up, try to get sleep fast again, wake back up, pack a lunch, get your coffee, whatever, get back, drive all the way back to work, radio in the truck, logbook inspection form filled out and punched back in. And if you did not do all that in eight hours, you were tardy. And then if you had three tardies in one year, you're fired. Yeah. Yep. I, that's, so that's we, really, we literally, we didn't get shit for sleep. Yeah. That's the system I grew up with. That, that's what my father did the whole time I was growing up. Just about, he worked for a, you know, a union long yeah. haul company and it was, he was most of the time it was, um, I was, you know, a teenager almost leaving the house by the time he actually got a dedicated run. He had been on the extra board all those years and that was the way it worked. And like you said, those big line haul operations, you know, at, at, at FedEx, we really had two dispatches. You had a morning dispatch, which was most of our line haul stuff, the butt heads, all that. You had the evening dispatch, which was usually out to the satellites to bring the freight back into the hub, but they were, they, stuck pretty close to a schedule growing up. I remember that my dad had no schedule whatsoever. He might leave at eight o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon or midnight, or there was almost no schedule on their runs. It it was just like freight was moving all the time. Yeah. They call that uh, in the, if you want to break down into the business terms of freight analogy, they call that, continuous flow what fedex where you work they had freight flow and where i work we have freight flow but we don't have continuous flow um old dominion runs that continuous flow operation they got line haul runs leaving and they never stop leaving yeah that's 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 the way what my dad was with specter most of the time until they went out of business and that, that it was just around the clock i mean you never knew when he was going to work there was no schedule at all Right. Yeah, I've got friends on the extra board over at Old Dominion. They said, well, it's not like there where, you know, all, all our daytime line hauls will leave, with right. all of them, right. within an hour and a half of each other. And all the PM line hauls will leave to go to the, we call freight assembly centers, you call a, a hub or a brake bolt. Yeah. They'll all leave within three hours of each other to stagger in so that you don't overrun the, the, the dock with freight, you know, but anyhow, uh, yeah, but the continuous flow idea is, uh, the freight never stops. You never hold anything. You hold nothing for three hours for the next driver. It hits your, your, your facility and you dispatch it right back out. Yep. Yep. But many, but what I learned when I was doing that PM operation is that back then, I finally had a stress that could affect me where you could notice it if you were around me. And I learned that the stress due to fatigue was the one stress I could not handle. 
Uh, do you fatigue? I'm, you mean? This, this, yeah, stress due to fatigue. Oh, I, yeah. I would. That's... My I didn't even. I would get after about th- the third or fourth day. I didn't even have a fuse left. Yeah. I mean, it got shorter and shorter and shorter. Well, that year we're, we're really, really piling on. One of the ways we can deal with lots of stress better is if we actually sleep good. Um, usually by the time you're under that much stress, though, your sleep has been compromised as well. Um, so if you are fatigued and stressed, yeah, that's definitely enough to push you right over the edge. Yeah, now that I, you know, with my uh, sleep number bed, select comfort bed, whatever you want to call it, and, um, now that the house is done, we're just down to, you know, little nooks and crannies and dings and dents and hanging pictures. And that, that's not really, really the only stress I got right now is uh, it's going to be the issues my wife's going to be calling about and that I got to get a surgery done for her because she's in pain every day. But, and that, and that does stress me out. Oh, I'm sure. You know, imagine yeah. if you look at your wife every day and she's in pain. Yeah, Every two to three hours, her face is contorted. That's yeah, that, that just doesn't go well with your, yeah. Right. But that's, uh, we're down to that. But anyhow, um, so as far as the, how long should I expect for this um, cardio miracle to really wipe that blood pressure medicine out? Now, I do notice already that if I sleep on my side, my hands don't go to sleep. So I know it's doing something. I knew I oh, could, fe- I could tell that good. the first day I used it. Yep. So, I mean, it literally, I know it's doing something. You know, we, we tend to see the, the blood pressure drops start around the third week of continual use. And usually after a month, there's been a pretty good 10 point drop for people who are elevated. You know, if you're, if your blood pressure is pretty oh, okay. normal, uh, you really don't see any major change. I mean, I, I take Cardio Miracle every day, but when I started taking it, my blood pressure was pretty normal, and it stayed pretty normal. Really didn't change much because I'm taking it because it's where it should be anyway. Uh, I like it for the other benefits. I, like I said, I, I think it's probably the closest I would ever get to recommending some sort of a daily you know, multivitamin. I, I tell people all the time, stay away from those. But this is this is kind of a, a, a pretty good substitute for that. You know, it's a it's a supplement I just like to take every day. It kind of keeps keeps you up on some of those things that are hard to get in our diet. And uh, when I ordered that, I ordered two boxes of it, and, and it was it, it ended up being the uh, the instant coffee. Okay. The mushroom coffee for for my wife. Okay. Because I talked with you about her menopause, and uh, I went ahead and told her to go ahead and stop taking that um, that synthetic hormone replacement, yeah. and she quit. And uh, now she, out of them two little boxes, the the bigger order that I ordered after that hadn't showed up yet, but uh, she really, really loves the mushroom coffee, oh, and good. she's been drinking it for not quite a full week. So, and she already says that her hot flashes and stuff is already getting better. She quit Excellent. the other, the, the synthetic stuff. So I think, I think that's on the right track, but I still want her to, well, to, uh, 
do a discovery call and really nail this down and get through it. I, I, I do think too be because they're, they're, we can help her with a very specific protocol that's going to go deeper. We'll continue with the mushroom coffee, the adaptogens. We'll also use some of the um, the supplements we have for uh, detoxing those receptors. That was one of the things we just discovered recently that you can be taking all of the right compounds to help manage stress, but our receptors for those compounds, uh, a receptor is kind of like a lock and a key. We have receptors all over our body. So there's a, the, the receptor is the right. lock and the, the molecule, the adaptogen would be the key. And if we can get those two to connect, then things work better. But that, that lock can get frozen uh, and all gunked up. And then the no matter how much the molecule we take, it's not going to matter. It can't make that connection. So one of the most recent supplements we've um, released for this is that receptor detox. So we kind of clean up those receptors so that as we take these supplements or the adaptogens, they're actually able to work. Kind of like knocking the corrosion off a terminal when you're hooking a wire up. Pretty it's, much, it's, yep. Get a better connection. Yep, that's exactly okay. what we're talking about. So we can help her even more. You know, I think the adaptogens sounds like they're already having an effect, uh, which is a good sign. You know, sometimes we see people that just don't respond to much of anything. They're, that's when we really have to, you know, dig down deep. But if she can already feel some changes, that's a really good sign. Yeah. I've been talking to her about this for quite a while, and I finally I tried to get her to not go on the synthetics. And, and it's not really true knowledge. I'm simply repeating what I heard, which I've, you've talked about that over and over and over again. But I've listened to her long enough when she asked me questions about things I can't actually explain to her why. And actually, yesterday, she looked at me, and she's like, you know, honey, I'm really impressed how much you learned about all these different things about about health and I'm, then that made me think about you different guests you had on your show he goes think of the education these drivers are getting right now and all the the books they can listen to <laughs> it's just yeah like, i know <laughs> it's pretty incredible unless you, know, you just waste your time yeah yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, there, there is really so much to learn. You know, the, the hormone thing, um, a lot of these doctors make it sound like these aren't drugs. Well, these are just hormones. You already have hormones in your body. We're, we're just trying to balance them out. You, but it's been my experience. It never works. We, we just aren't smart enough to try to figure out what levels of all these different hormones we're supposed to have and then somehow manipulate them um, with chemicals, really. Now, then there are practitioners, more natural practitioners, who do use what they call bioidentical hormones. So those are much closer to the hormone that our body creates, which sounds even better. Except we just don't see much success with either one of these treatments. I, I really have not found anybody who is completely happy with the results. At best, they say, well, it took away some of the symptoms. I don't get as many hot flashes. My mood swings aren't as bad. But nobody's ever really happy. And then there are some side effects we can fight with these things. So 
it's no different than any other area of health. We, we don't want to have to put in some sort of a chemical in order to feel right. You know, we, we want the body to, to balance itself and hormones are one of the more complicated, but recently just in the last year or two between the, the supplements like uh, ancestral where we can, you know, give the, the organs themselves, the receptor detox, and then the adaptogens. I mean, that's really what it's taken, almost like this three-step approach uh, to fix the worst of cases. But the good news is it works. Right. And that's I told her. She, she was a little bit upset with her doctor. He's an old country's type doctor. He owns the building. Everybody in there works for him. He, he, he will not uh, sign up with an HMO or he'll bill him because he has his own billing department in house, Yeah, but he won't be a part of the medicals. Like here locally, we have cops have mercy. He won't, he, he don't want nothing to do with their puppy mill medicine. Yeah. He'll Good. mix his own shot for you right, right there in front of you. He's that guy. Good. But she goes, Good. you know, I was really kind of upset with him because he just went right to this. And I go, well, that's, that's his training. You right. can't be mad at him for that. Yeah, you, you and can't, she's like, right. well, he's a DO. He's not just a doctor. And I go, yeah, but they don't teach him nutrition. They don't teach him these things. What they teach him is like when you're studying your patient and you see your patient has all these symptoms, you look over here, the symptom points, all the arrows point to menopause. Yep. Then you go through your graph and you slide your finger over for menopause. What do I do? Oh, I do hormone replacement that's, that's exactly his answer right. he was yeah. trained to give you that answer yeah and, and i go but he, what they what they didn't train him to do was fix the problem he's simply just trying to put helium and air and anything in the tire to keep it inflated we're not fixing the damn hole in the tire but we got to fix the hole yeah that's a, that's you a know. very good analogy and it, what we are still finding is that there doesn't seem to be any area of health left that isn't solved with just diet and lifestyle. You know, the, the book that just came out, I'm still kind of working my way through it, and I'm thinking I might do a book report on this one, uh, Brain Energy, which is where we finally got a psychiatrist, a, a guy who has been working with you know, mood disorders and those kind of things his whole career. And we've never really understood that. I mean, we kind of struggled with it. We deal with people who are on SSRIs and they do not want to quit them. They're terrified of quitting them. And, you know, we weren't exactly sure on that, but now we have just as much evidence to show the brain's no different than any other organ in the body. It needs the proper nutrition, and that's all it needs. Give it the right nutrition, it'll function just fine. Brain Energy, who uh, who's the author on that one? Oh, for some reason, this guy's name is not sticking with me. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's not one of these practitioners that we've... Um, that we hear about a lot. This guy's kind of new on the scene. I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot more from him now that he's written this. Uh, Christopher Palmer. Really? Now, I, I will oh, say right. this. this. This is not a book that I've really heavily recommended. Uh, I probably will only recommend this to people who either really just like learning all this stuff, and there are plenty of those out there, or 
you're dealing with somebody that has these issues, then I would say you should listen to this. It, it's not an easy listen. Um, it, it's, it's one of those books that's a little more difficult to get through. Uh, there's a lot of repetitive stuff for people that listen to this show because we, we've talked about, you know, all the food issues for so long. He goes over a lot of those and a lot of depth again. But ultimately, he kind of gets to the okay. point that all of these issues, anxiety, depression, bipolar, they are all just metabolic disorders of the brain. That there's nothing weird or different about these. When we get our metabolism correct, then our brain gets better, just like everything else does. Well, do you got a good recommendation for, uh, say, a book for uh, like body mechanics? Besides uh, just staying mobile, like through the winter time, you know, we got a we've got a workout facility in the basement, but the winter time, there's a lot of days it gets pretty bitter back where I live. Yeah. Um, but, uh, not really. I don't really have a good book. Almost, okay. almost everything we've been taught about that stuff has been so wrong, and I can't think of a book that anybody's really written. You know, my general advice for the most part, other than like the 10 minutes of resistance training a couple times a week, is that we shouldn't be doing That's probably good yeah what we've been doing which is you know all kinds of cardio and um you know we we should just be more active in natural movements find activities you really like doing whether it's you know summer or winter uh, you know get out and snowshoe or cross-country ski or you know find something you actually enjoy doing and isn't totally repetitive you know, the, one of the mistakes we make in, in working out in gyms is, is the motions are just way too repetitive and we don't get enough kind of free play, you know, just, just getting out and being more active and moving. The other thing I'm looking for, um, one of the things I've struggled with my whole life is flexibility. I've just never been flexible. I have to work really hard at it and I don't really enjoy That's my biggest issue. It. I know. So I, I am, I've got a ton of projects going on right now that we've just got to get through, but that one's on my list to find some sort of good solution to, to stay flexible. Well, especially my right hip flexor. Like even as a child, I could never sit what they call, they won't even allow you to say Indian style anymore. <laughs> so if I offended I anybody, I sincerely <laughs> wish you would just move to another country. Exactly. But um, yeah. anyways, I tell you, a gal I dated for a while, her, uh, I helped her raise her kids for about seven years. They were Inuit Indian, and yeah. they was going to school. And of all places to get told this, Southwest Missouri, every, it's leached into everything. Exactly. But uh, anyways, Samantha comes home one day, and she goes, well, we was got in a circle. We, we had to sit crisscross applesauce. And I go, <laughs> what? You had I to know. do what? I remember and the she first goes, time I Chris, heard that Chris, too. <laughs> that crisscross applesauce. And I go, what the heck is crisscross applesauce? And she goes, well, it's sitting Indian style, but you can't, like, you're not allowed to say that because it's offensive. <laughs> and I go, I looked at her mom who was, her mom was like a, just a raging. She was as liberal as Rush Limbaugh was the other way. Okay. Yeah. Just to understand her mother. And I looked at her mother and I go, huh, what kind of bullshit is that? 
She's an Indian. And she can't even say it? <laughs> She's an Inuit Indian. Exactly. And she can't say it. How stupid is this? Yeah. We, we, I mean, my God, dude. I know. We have totally gone off the deep end on this. Hey, Dale, I, ju- I just looked at the board, and it's uh, it's filling up here. So I'm going to cut you loose and move on. The calls are starting to pile up on me. Keep them coming. <laughs> um 855-950-3835. We're going to head off to Kentucky. David, it's your turn. Hello, Kevin. I've uh, been listening to you for quite a while now. Um, I, I'd i like a little help on getting going on some of this medical stuff. Um, I'd like to get rid of my blood pressure medicine. I'm on a, a low-dose blood pressure medicine, but it gets me a once-a-year physical that I'd rather not have to go to. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I'm I, I'm at a little bit of a loss of how to find out more information about how to and get into this program. Uh, you broke up a little bit there. More information on how to, and then I didn't hear the rest. How to get uh, hooked up to buy the, you know, the stuff that you're promoting and selling. Well. It, Maybe we don't need to buy anything. That's almost never where I start. Um, We have lots of things that can help people. There's no doubt. But most of it would not do you much good if you were still eating the standard American diet. You, You would really just be wasting your money on any of the stuff we talk about. So our approach is we do this completely with diet in the beginning. I, I, There's no reason we can't go the first 30 days with no supplements whatsoever. Now, if if you start this in a week or 10 days in, you're dealing with things like muscle cramping. There are some negative things that can happen when you change your diet. And if that's the case, we have supplements we know will fix those things. But what I really like to do is get people to commit to changing their diet for 30 days. Many of the things you are dealing with right now, whether it's joint pain or skin issues or, or whatever it might be, low energy, or it, many of those things are going to resolve themselves with just diet alone. So I'd rather wait that 30 okay. days. Let's see what changes with diet. If there's something left that we could address with supplements or you know specific foods, then, then we can do that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I've just watched a lot of people spend a bunch of money on supplements and two weeks later, they're back to eating their own old diet and it was just a waste of money. So I, I'd rather just see somebody to commit to, you know, 30 days of, of it, it is a pretty radical change in the diet. Uh, and, and a lot of people just won't do it or won't stick with it. So rather than waste everybody's time and money. Uh, we just like to start with diet. Okay. Is there anywhere on your website that I can find uh, any helpful tips on this diet change? Yeah, but I, I can I can help you with it without you reading anything. We can really make this simple. Tell me about your diet right now. Is it pretty much just the standard American diet? Uh-oh. Did I lose that? I did. I lost that call. Huh. wonder what happened there. Um, maybe we'll be able to get him back. I was just about to tell him how easy we could make this, but I'd, I'd rather do it 
when I'm talking to him, so we'll see if we can get him back. Let's go to Texas. Kevin, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Uh, I was listening a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about the uh, fermenting uh, peppers. Yeah. And I got to where you said you just, you just slice them because it's just easier to slice them instead of chop them. So you just slice all them peppers and you cram as much in a jar as you can. How much hunt, how much raw unfiltered honey do you put in that jar to ferment you, those peppers? You cover the peppers and fill the jar completely. Okay. So yeah, you, I had you, to get out of the truck and you said you'd put the yeah, honey on, so, but you never did say that you filled it up or anything. So Yeah, so so depending on a couple of things. How hot do you want the honey to get? How thin do you want the honey to get? You would put more peppers in. I have I have taken a, a quart jar. It doesn't really matter what size, but I've taken the quart jar, pushed, put all the peppers I can in there, pound them down with my, my wooden pounder, put more peppers in, pounded them again, put more peppers in, you completely fill that jar with honey after that. And you even wait because it'll the honey will take a while to filter all down through. And then you can come back in an hour and you can probably get more honey in. And then you put the lid on it and just leave it out at room temperature to start fermenting. Within 48 hours, that honey is going to change dramatically. It gets really thin pretty quick. And the more peppers you put in, the thinner it will get. And it starts to get pretty hot, depending on the heat of your peppers. And after 48 hours, you will have hot honey. Uh, you can let it go longer, you know, a week, 10 days, two months. I mean, whatever. Uh, it will continue See, that, to ferment and change. That's what really got my attention, because I'm going on the truck Monday through Friday, and I come home on the weekend, so I was just going to do it like on a like on a, on a Sunday. Uh, a, Friday or Saturday, whenever I got in yep. and uh, fill that thing full, full of peppers in, and I should be good to go. And I have just one more question. Whenever I go to, um, whenever I go, I, I got me a, an all American pressure canner. Okay. And, uh, whenever I go to, whenever I go to do meat, like not, not ground beef, but, uh, meat, I know you have to, uh, the instructions say, 75 minutes at a certain pressure or whatever. But what I was going to ask you is how much do you actually cook that, that, uh, meat before you go to pressure cannon it? Like that, I have some deer meat that I want to, that's totally up to you. It doesn't require can. any cooking at all. You can do what's called raw pack. And I do some meats. I actually okay. prefer to raw pack. Um, I, I never raw pack ground meat because it tends to get really, really clumpy when you do that. So I do, I do cook my ground meat just enough so that it doesn't clump up. You know, it, it doesn't need to be completely cooked at all. But anything other than ground meat, chunks or uh, pieces or whatever, you can raw pack it if you want. Okay. So would that be okay if I threw a can of green chilies in there, Absolutely. put my meat in there, pack it down in there really good, and then uh, drop some of that, drop probably about a quarter of a 
jar of that hot honey in there and then can it like that, that won't hurt anything? Uh, it won't hurt anything. Pressure I can would, it that way? I, I would, a quarter of a cup might be a lot. Um, you might end up with, with I, I would, before I would can something like that, I would work out that recipe to make sure you like the taste of that. I, I think for me, a quarter cup of honey into meat would be way too much. Okay. Well, I guess I, guess I could, all, I, it doesn't need refrigeration or anything. That hot honey, does it? No, no. The, in fact, you don't want to refrigerate it. So I could just it. bag It'll that just with me in the truck. Yeah. You just take the honey with yeah, it. Yeah. I'll just bag it with me in the truck. Yeah. yeah, and just pour it over the meat. Okay, well, that's all I got today, brother. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's see. You bet. Thank you. We're going to head off to Kansas this time. Ernie, welcome to the program. Yeah, this is Ernie. Um, anyway, I see an oil sample. Ah, and I yes, you didn't did. have an... Uh, so this is a different sample than I'm used to looking at, but give me just a minute here. Uh, the first thing that jumps out at me, how many miles are on this sample? 22. Um, is that 200 and, oh no, 31,000 on the oil itself. Okay. Um, are you using Catalyst? No, I'm not. Uh, um, and how many? If you go back in the to, we're at like three hundred thousand miles on the engine. Is that correct? And as far as we know, we bought the truck used that had a hundred ninety-eight thousand miles on the odometer, and we have no idea. Okay. Uh, well, there's. Um, when it was overhauled, but it's an M11 coming, so I'm assuming it was overhauled at some point. But. Yeah, it has been, but we we don't know much. Here, here's the biggest problem that I'm seeing. Um, the biggest problem, you've got a lot of soot. This thing is not... Um, is not really burning well. It's not running all that well. When was the last time the overhead was set? Well, let's see. I don't know. It sent you all the different oil samples lined up there. Is that right? Yeah, I've got the whole history on them. Where you can see them all. Okay. Well, back there at the very beginning of that list, I had started having trouble with getting more iron. And the soot was not as bad. Yeah, so... Where where the break is, I changed the oil where they don't have the flag on the iron. Right. And, and I got it overhauled, or I I got it, uh, the top end did, and there was a broken spring valve, or valve spring, and a mushrooming valve that I got replaced. So if we look at that, and then, the, the one sample that it wasn't flagged, one of the reasons that it wasn't flagged... Um, let me check that one again. This is a new oil. Well, yeah, you didn't have many miles it on that, new that oil. oil. Yeah, 75 was still yeah. way too much iron. 13 was way too much lead. Here's the problem that you've had this whole time. If I go back on every sample, we never want to see silicon get above 10. 10's our limit, high limit, because silicon is dirt. <laughs> 
And okay. yours has been 14, 16, 14. The only one that was 10 was because that's the one that you just didn't put many miles on the oil. Then we were at 14. Yeah. Now we're at 15. All of those wear metals are coming from that dirt. Okay. Well, and it's kind of what I was needing to know because like, and they didn't, this list don't go back, but when it first started getting the higher iron and the higher lead, my soot or my silicon was at seven, eight, seven, eight, you know, and then all of a sudden it jumped to where it's at 14, 15 and 16, you know, and it stays there. And I was wondering if that was enough to make the iron climb well, not in o- the lead. Not, not only is it enough, that, that, that is the absolute cause of this. Okay. You, you've got to address this. Well, then I, you're, you're, you're just, you're eating up this engine. Okay. So I need to see about the air intake system and yeah. see if I can find where it's leaking. Yeah. You're getting dirt in somewhere. Um, I and that would make my soot go up too and everything. No, 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 that won't. Let that's we can't confuse those two issues. The biggest issue is the dirt because that's what's causing all the wear metals. The soot is is either something off on the overhead. We've got um, restrictions in the exhaust. There is something causing the soot to be higher than normal. That's a secondary issue. I, I wouldn't worry about that right. yet. Let's solve this dirt problem first because it's more destructive. Okay. And on that one that wasn't flagged, the soot was that one. That would be okay at one well, or is that still? But, well, hold on. It's not that it... That is okay, except for the fact that you only put 11,000 miles on that oil. That's not a long enough okay, time yeah. to get good readings. Don't, don't look at that one sample and go, oh, no, see, I had a good sample. No, you didn't. For 11,000 miles, that well, wasn't it, a good sample. Okay, so it wasn't good. Even I've got an oil bypass and stuff, and I changed I pull my samples and change my filter at at eleven thousand. It's a FS twenty five hundred, and that's what they recommend. Well, twenty five thousand is fine, and, and that's what I'm saying. But you did a sample here at eleven thousand. That's less than half. Well, well, so you, that, you, you have to look at those well, numbers not, differently. It's, it's not less than half because the FS twenty five hundred they recommend every ten thousand miles. For, for example, you're kidding me. How could you save any money like that? You're going to end up spending as much money as if you just did your oil changes. I've never understood these filters that, that require you to change the filter and sample that often. Think about this. We have okay. trucks on the market right now. We have trucks on the market right now. You buy them the way they're sitting on the factory, the, the dealer's floor. 60 and 70,000 mile oil changes. Why would I ever put a bypass filter on that truck that makes me change my filter and sample at 10,000 miles? That's insane. They don't have much. Okay, well, in their filter. My, Hell, if, if you're. I guess. I, I didn't know if their filter was small. 
smaller. Well, it can't be any smaller than the OPS. The OPS is one of the smallest no, cultures on the market. Not. Right. It's not. It's, this is a case where size same. doesn't matter. We don't have to have a really okay. big filter to get really good filtration. Being on that, I've got a caterpillar with one on it too, and I only change it like every fifteen or sixteen thousand miles because still, it, the, and everything everything's fine, you know. Yeah, on the OPS, no matter what the engine or the truck, we never change that that filter or take a sample any sooner than twenty five thousand. It's just okay. not necessary. We're just wasting time and money if we have to do it sooner than that. And if a, a, a bypass filter says, well, that's what it takes, we have to change our filter that often, well, then I don't want that filter. It's not doing me any good. It's causing me more work than it's saving. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty often. That's like yeah. every month at least. Yeah, it just... Not necessary. But this one, you've got to find this this dirt problem first. Okay, and how about the, the, the sodium and the potassium? With them them low numbers, that's not enough it, that's, to it, say it's, it's coolant. It's nothing. Here's the other thing. That's nothing. With, 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 with coolant... One of the other ways we know we have a coolant issue that needs addressed, if you ever have to add coolant, that's a sealed system. If you have to add coolant, something went wrong. But if you haven't had to add coolant yet, we can just keep monitoring it. But these numbers would not indicate that you have an internal coolant leak. All right. So it it tells me I need to find out where the dirt's getting in. See, I didn't know if if that was a high... I mean, if that was too high. Ten ten worries me. Ten worries me. I'd like to keep it in single digits. And your lowest reading ever was ten. And that was only on 11,000 miles. When I say ten worries me, that's at (laughs) 25,000 miles. Okay, yeah. Yeah, had more oil samples, but they're not on here. And back when all this iron climbing started, it was the soot level was seven and eight, and then it doubled. And then I started my iron started really cranking up in well, the lead. You know, I, I can't see those samples; they must be too far back. But the yeah. other thing that could yeah. be just as destructive as dirt, when you start talking about seven or eight percent soot. That's destructive to an engine. Oh, but I can't. Well, I can't well, that, see that those. That's too dirt. far back. That was well, and that was what the dirt was was seven and eight oh. before it jumped to fourteen and fifteen. And but and I, but I didn't know exactly how much dirt was too much. I, More than so, 10. okay, so nothing but ten, and and a lower is better. Like caterpillar, I get like my. Silicon usually like three. That's what know? we like to see. And, and, and again, and foot, keep in mind, my foot is like point two. When I talk about numbers on an oil sample, we are talking about an oil with at least twenty five thousand miles on it. Anything less than that, we start to adjust those numbers. So if, if you okay. had an oil sample that was seven or eight with ten thousand miles on it, that would worry me. 
that would be too high for that number of miles. So when I say 10, we have to keep in mind that's on 25,000 mile, at least that much on the oil. So if we had significantly less, then we have to adjust those numbers we're looking at. And finding that leak would uh, taking a can of starting fluid and spraying around on it. If, if I hit the hole, it would sometimes rev it up a little. Is sometimes that sometimes you you can sometimes get that. yeah, not always. So it's depends one of on the how, ways we can yeah. It depends on. So so keep okay. In, well, keep, keep keep in mind that that intake system after the turbo is pressurized. That's yeah. what the turbo's doing. So it's, it's not so, a problem. So, right. So the if you have a leak in that, that system, it's trying to force out, not suck in. So sometimes yeah. the better, so mine better is, is soapy water and look for bubbles. Okay. But wouldn't, wouldn't the, if it's getting dirt into the motor, wouldn't it be on the other side of the turbo where not, it's stuck in there not necessarily not necessarily right we we can okay. uh, even though it's a like pressurized system when when the truck is in operation and you're accelerating decelerating it, you can get air into that system even if it's if it's pressurized okay well my my fuel mileage has stayed good like you know as good as it ever is yeah like the fuel, fuel mileage can be, seven, it can be an indicator but we would really really have to understand our fuel economy inside and out with with one truck there are so many variables in fuel economy that it's not always an indicator let's uh let's do another oil sample let's go to tennessee john welcome Hi, Kevin. Hey, I sent you an oil sample. And, uh, Brad, Matt, this isn't like a big truck engine. This is my personal pickup. Uh, it's a Cummins 6.7. Just so you know, I, I don't have enough experience looking at oil samples on these engines to, uh, I mean, I might be able to figure out a couple things here, but I, I don't trust my own knowledge on these just because I don't have enough history doing these. I, I don't recognize patterns in these engines the way I can in, in all the other engines. So, um, uh, let me see. How many miles are on this? The unit, um, 25,000 on that first sample and 38 on the second. And about 13. Now, is that 13,000 miles on the oil itself? each time yeah roughly yeah it's supposed to be around 15 but sometimes i get it changed early okay so 15 I, is the record i don't have an OPS. on that engine 15 is recommended okay uh see i don't even know that i mean i just don't deal with these engines enough to know what's even recommended i actually thought thirteen thousand miles was a lot on this but uh if 15 is the recommended that's fine um the, let's go through the wear metals. The iron seems way high to me. Are you running Catalyst? Yeah, I do run it. Okay, so that we can kind of ignore that. We have a little bit of chromium, so we do have some upper cylinder wear coming from somewhere. And we have some aluminum. 
So that could be upper cylinder. The copper I would ignore because there really hasn't been any lead. So the, well, see, here's, here's another, I gotta kind of qualify my statements. In a heavy truck engine, I know all the places copper could come from. So I know when I need to be worried about it when I don't. In this engine, I'm not sure of that. There may be some other copper component in this engine that could be wearing that I'm just not familiar with. So that's why I don't really like to, you know, I don't want you to put a whole lot of faith in my answer here is what I'm trying to tell you. Would you be able to steer me in a direction of someone that can maybe help me? I don't, I just don't want to go to like the Dodge dealership and, and walk in there. He's most likely that diesel technician in there's probably never even seen an oil sample so but, i would you know i, I could be wrong uh, no you're, you're right that the, these the mechanics and technicians are not good sources of reading oil samples unless they've been taught and trained in it most of them have it you know i i would um i would start with the lab itself whoever you, you you're doing okay. your samples through i know this is an ops sample um Whoever you submit your, your samples yeah, to, I, yeah, I would check with Polaris and just see if they have any answers for you. Uh, they'll be able to help you some. Um, I, I'm not seeing, the, I, I'm a little concerned about the wear metals. Um, you know, this engine we would expect to easily go a couple hundred thousand miles. And we're at 38,000 and we're seeing uh, enough wear metals that it would worry me. You know what I might? try I might try a different oil I might try Rotella well the first the first no no I take that back I haven't been able to get Rotella I, I always did run Rotella but then you know with, during COVID and stuff I haven't been able to get it and now it's just starting to show back up on the shelves I, I would switch back um, to Rotella Sometimes we just see certain engines don't like certain oils. There's nothing wrong with the Valvoline oil, but sometimes we just find um, some additive packages work better with certain engines. And when I see a lot of wear metals, um, Rotella has a lot of zinc, and zinc is very protective of the metal. So I... I I, I can't see why you're getting the kind of wear metals we're getting, and maybe it's just because I don't understand the patterns well enough on this engine, but I, I think I might give Rotella a shot again. Okay. And, hey, one quick question about, uh, I made that hot honey also. Yeah. And um, when, when I'm done, when I'm happy with how hot it is, just take the peppers out and put the jar in the, in the cabinet? Yeah. Yep seal the jar up and put it away in the, yeah, in now, the cabinet and it's good for a long time? Yeah. Um, we don't know how long it's good for yet. People haven't, I mean, there's just not enough of this going on. So we're, we're in a learning curve here. The other thing I would caution everybody against, um, I would not seal that jar hard, tight, until you know for sure that it has stopped fermenting. For some reason, all the batch, I've done a ton of batches of this stuff in the last several months. Um, all of them have been fine. I always bottle them up and I put them in those gross, gross beer bottles that have that ceramic cap and the cage on the top so you can reclose them. Um, I've been putting okay. all of mine in that and closing them tight. 
Except last week, I don't know if you heard, I opened one up and it sounded like a 12-gauge shotgun went off and all 16 ounces of the honey ejected into my pantry. That had to be fun to clean up. Oh, it uh, uh, took me almost eight hours. I'm not exaggerating. I had to take everything out of the pantry and clean it all by hand. It was such a mess. It's the only one that's built up pressure. Something I did different when I made that batch, there was something in that honey that was still fermenting. So until you know that it, it's definitely not fermenting anymore, it's not bubbling at all, it's not creating pressure each day, I would keep a close eye on it in the beginning before you seal it tight. Okay. Yeah, and you were, you were talking about, um, you know, drain intervals on the big trucks. I, I own a great liner with the DD-15, and uh, my book is 75,000 miles for oil change and fuel filters. Yeah. Yeah, that they do yeah, have some bypass filtration on these trucks. Right. These trucks are finally, uh, you know, we've been pushing bypass filtration since the early 90s. And they're finally starting to show up on these newer trucks. They have some bypass filtration. That's why they're able to go this long between oil changes. Yeah, I used OPS too. Yeah, it's still worth my it. semi, but yep, yep. On this well, okay, one, that's I, all I, I got. Thank I, you for your time. Yep, I think I just uh, just try Rotel and see if we can get any better results. Let's go to. California this time. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I was, I've been listening to, trying to catch up with the shows. I was heard the one before Thanksgiving. So I didn't hear that story you just told about the, the honey. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was so bad. And it was like, uh, wow. It was about 20 minutes before I was getting ready to go on the air. I was just getting, I was opening the honey because I was going to do my shot and a quote and do my recording. And I walked in there and I, you know, the funny thing was this bottle was the also the only bottle where the honey started to crystallize on the top. And I, I picked the bottle up and I looked at it and I could see it crystallizing, maybe like a quarter inch of the top had crystallized. And I thought, I, I was thinking oh. about shaking it to, to mix up the crystallized honey. And I thought, no, I'm just going to open it and I'll see what this is. And man, when I released that cap, it sounded like a 12 gauge went off. It was so loud. Wow. And the bottle was empty before I could react. Like, I reacted and tried to put my thumb over oh the top. God. It was too late. Everything was already out of the bottle. Wow. So you think that if you shook it, it would have been uh, oh, not I'm, as bad? Because that no, would have broke that No, that I think it would have been worse. worse. I think it would have been much worse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> honey, it was on the ceiling. It covered a refrigerator, a microwave, oh, a dehydrator. I had all kinds of equipment right, there, I, there, I can just, imagine. just stuff everywhere. I was at, I've got a big pantry, and I was in the pantry, and it just exploded everywhere. Well, let me see if I can form my question. I was about the mushrooms. Um, uh, as far as, you know, related to the stress protocol, you know how um, – uh, the stress that we endure, right, is the, that we expose ourselves to, 
all of them, you know, it, it, it helps our, it helps us deal with stress later, right? It strengthens our stress muscle. Correct. Yeah, that so, strengthens okay. and, and balances. That that's or, or, another yeah, okay. yeah, that's another good function of adaptogens. They they kind of balance our we can get we can become unbalanced in our stress response either way. We can be unbalanced on the low side. We have a, a very weak response to stress. We can also have a response to stress that's too strong. We can be un and that's where I was. My, uh, I, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was unbalanced on I, the I high kind of side. I get, I get overreactive to stress. Um, so adaptogens. Yeah, Tammy and I kind of do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of people who are eating healthy and who are doing some of the stress protocols tend to get unbalanced on the high side. Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes we're kind of intense and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. But I was gonna. My my question was gonna be. So, do you think mushrooms, when we ingest them, you know, do you think they sort of stress, uh, mildly stress our body in a way that um, where it's an on a slight negative, not negative, but you know, a slight. Uh, I haven't a been slight, able to measure uh, that. Uh, now I, I, I don't oh, okay. think you that's know, what's we, going okay. on. You know, that, that is how we oh, okay. explain the stress protocol, why it's working, because it, it's stressing our response like the way we stress a muscle. So that, that makes sense. So we can document that. I really haven't been able yeah. to see that kind of a response with the mushrooms. But what I see with the mushrooms is the more of the adaptogens I consume. And, you know, Danielle gave me a specific protocol. I was focused primarily on reishi, um, holy basil, uh, which is also called tulsi, and um, oh shoot, what was the last one? Ashwagandha. Uh, I, I think it was ashwagandha was the, the three she really had me focusing on. And that worked really well. Yeah, that, that one worked really well. It was very specific, very targeted to what I was doing. But that's hard to figure out. I mean, Danielle's really good at that. She wrote the book. So I started thinking, right. if, I, if I can't get to that point where I can help somebody that specifically, then what? how could we do this? How could we simplify this? And the good thing about adaptogens, they're self-balancing they're self-regulating you can't take too much and if you do there's no downside to taking too much your body will use what it needs and the excess doesn't cause any kind of a problem so i started thinking well you know somebody could either spend a lot of money on blood work and one-on-one -on -one time to try to figure out exactly which adaptogens they should be using or what if we just load up on several of them and see what happens and it seems to work. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was interesting about the personality part, and but because that is powerful. And then, um, but yeah, I just wondered maybe if it if it was related because to the stress protocol, like I said earlier. But I, I get it. You you understood that was my question. So yeah, my theory, I, but I was I, thinking. I, I, could, I, I, I thought get it. that too, and I couldn't document that happening at all. Okay. Um, okay, and. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I heard really you say one time you, 
as soon as I started taking the adaptogens, the, the stress numbers actually started improving almost immediately. So there, there was never an oh, okay. increase in stress the way we get from the stress protocol itself. I see. I was thinking maybe the increase of stress would be like immediate, maybe like right when you consume yeah, it, but then it, at all. it immediately might change. Right. Oh, okay. And it's, I know you heard, I mean, I know I heard you say Lisa one time got her vitamin D levels up to 136 yeah. or nine. Yeah. What? Okay. Did she just stop the vitamin D altogether and continue the cardio miracle or cause uh, I'm asking for Tammy. So I'm going to hand her the phone cause she got okay. up to 139 or that. Yeah. <laughs> last one. Okay. So here's, here's, here's what we think. Hey, hey there. Here, here's what we think is happening. With this. So, you know, we used to start with the vitamin D drops and then we tell people to test and, you know, just kind of tweak it till you get somewhere between 80 and 100 and you can kind of stay there. Uh, and in the winter time, that might mean more drops. In the summertime, it might mean less, depending on how much you're getting out. But what we noticed was as soon as somebody started the Cardio Miracle, even though there isn't a lot more vitamin D in there, everybody's vitamin D numbers went way up. It's because of the other cofactors that are in there that's helping our body use the vitamin D better. So we didn't need the big amounts once we got the other cofactors. So I may have, had that been in the middle of summer, I probably would have just cut out the uh, drops completely. But since we're into winter now and we don't see much sunshine here in the wintertime, um, I'm doing the drops. I just back off of them a little bit. Instead of five, we're down to three, uh, and we'll probably test here in a little bit. I, I'm not too worried when a number gets up around 120 or 130. I don't want it to be there forever, but I, I'm not all that worried about it. I, I would just adjust down a little bit. Well, so here's where I'm at. Um, <clears throat> I took the uh, vitamin D test four months ago, and I was in the 130. So I went from four so one drop and I was doing two servings today at Cardio Miracle and I just retested and it came back a little bit higher <laughs> so, <laughs> like a couple points higher so I would yes. drop the, the drop drop the drops drop the drops completely and are you, are you eating a lot of foods with vi high in vitamin D I bet you are we eat cod livers yeah yeah we eat um, we share a can once to twice a week and then, you know, starting here and there, we take, and now here's what I want to talk to you about. We take the ancestral products. We take the liver, okay. a full I, dose, every, uh, three days a week. I would cut your cardio miracle back to one dose a day. One dose. Yep. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I, I did reach out to Michael and Michael said, cut all vitamin D out. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to cut my cardio miracle. I love that stuff. That's, um, that's kind of why said I, to, I, I almost said the same thing. I was going to say, let's cut the vitamin D supplementation completely because you're getting so much in your, in your diet and it's working for you. There's two reasons I don't want you to drop the cardio miracle. And if you drop it to one serving of cardio miracle a day and you test later on and we're still elevated, then go to every other day. I, I still wouldn't want you to quit okay. it completely. Two reasons. One, me either. <laughs> I, I, I do think it is a good daily. And two, it's very possible that if you were to drop it completely, your vitamin D levels could plummet. 
not because you're not getting enough vitamin right. D, but be, because you might not be getting the other cofactors that are helping it work so well. Okay. So Michael said um, he was concerned about the high vitamin D, like disrupting other nutrients and had suggested I start taking 400 milligrams of magnesium and K by itself. But he didn't say what kind of magnesium, and I think he's busy, and he didn't reach back out. So do you know, or would you suggest that, too? Or? Yeah, you probably do need magnesium. Almost everybody is deficient in magnesium. Um, I don't know if we have our new magnesium product in or not. Let me ask somebody real quick. Or let me check the store and see if we have that. I, I found a new magnesium product that I really like. Uh, and I'm okay. pretty sure we're supposed to be getting it into the store, but let me see. Uh, not seeing it in there yet. My balance tastes. I don't see it yet. Um, I'll have to check on that. Let me check one more place. No, I don't see it in the store yet. It's a whole new company, a new supplier, uh, but I'll check on that. That would be the blend that I would recommend. Okay, and so should I just hold off on any magnesium until that comes in, or should I get something from the store now, you know, like the, the Actimag or the, anything the, like that? The, yeah, the one I would use that we have right now, I would use the Actimag. Actimag, okay, because Jeremy's got some, so I'll just... Yeah, using I, it. I would that. <laughs> and 400 milligrams, it sounds about right? That what should he said. be right, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then what about the K by itself? Do you think that's necessary? Uh, because your levels are running pretty high right now, I would take it till we get this balanced out. Okay. So t um, you have the K2 in the store, right, just by itself? Correct. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh my goodness, Jeremy wants to know if you have 30 seconds for him one more time. Of course. Okay, hold on a sec. Well, I was uh, just going to say, so we're, we're part of, I heard people saying they're part of the cult, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, okay, so, but we're a culture, right? We have a, you've created an awesome culture and. Oh, there you go. So I was just wanted to add. Yeah, I wanted to add my name to the list in case the name is good for your drinks, maybe. Uh, something to do with culture and, and then also adapt to cult or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. You know, I never thought of the word cult being the base of the word culture. Huh. Yeah, adapt to Colt Forty Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or what? You know, four, four sigmatic. I don't know what the four is, but yeah, I'm not I sure don't know. either. But anyway, <laughs> okay. As far as hey, I did the black thirty-two inch curious steel. I tried it again. I was able to do like <laughs> five. I swear. I, I either. I, yeah, I don't know if it's that ancestral. Uh, uh, the testicles. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, the ma the male optimization, whatever it is. You know, I started right. taking it, but no, really, I couldn't move it at all. And then I did it the other day. I swear, I got like five, up to five reps. In uh, there you go. So I don't know. That's a good. I felt sign. pretty. Yeah, that's so, right. Pretty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good talking to you. Thanks good a lot, Kevin. You soon, you're welcome. Let's go to South Carolina. 
Ken, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Doing good. What's on your mind? So, so you were talking to that fellow about oil samples, and, and he had the FS2500. I've been running the same system for several years on two different trucks, and they do recommend a 10,000-mile uh, change, but <clears throat> I just adapted to where I'm comfortable. So I'm out. Just like with the OPS, out twenty five hundred or twenty five thousand. Well, here's what I don't understand. Uh, well, I, I guess it certainly benefits them to have people changing at ten thousand. They're selling exactly. filters and samples, but <laughs> the whole point of sampling is so that we don't just use these random numbers like you did. You you used. I'm, I'm assuming you used your sample condition and said, well, wait a minute, if I change it at 10,000, there's never anything even close to being wrong. Let's try 15. And Correct. your samples still look good. Let's yep. try 20. That That's what we should be doing. No matter what filter you're using, or yep. if you're not using any filter, we could still change our oil just based on oil samples, not some random mileage. Exactly. And that's what I tell people, you know, you, you, you go with the sample, go with what right. the test says. Don't do it blindly. Yeah. Just don't randomly say, well, you know, I'm going to run 70,000 miles. It, go by the sample. It, yeah. That's, you know, you take, did it take exactly a, right. a good sample and go by it. Yeah. And I run my C15. I had 188,000 miles on a synthetic oil sample before I dropped it. And the only reason I dropped it is 188,000 miles, your your lead keeps climbing. And it got to a point where they told me they didn't feel comfortable with, if there is something going wrong, we can't see it anymore. So start over. That's not a bad, uh, that's not bad advice at all. I've said that to people many times. Let's yeah. just do a reset. You know, right. the, the sample's getting a little exactly. confusing. Exactly. I don't want to miss something. So let's just do a reset and start over. Right. We got plenty of use out of this oil. You know, one of the, yep. one of the filters that had been on the market for decades, and it was one of the few bypass filters that was actually advertised. They started advertising on, on uh, XM um, right from the very beginning. But the, the whole filter, the whole system never made sense to me. It was the Gulf Coast. You weren't <laughs> saving any money. Yep. At 10,000 miles, <laughs> you had to take that giant filter out of there, which was an absolute yep. mess. You lost like two and a half yep. or three gallons of oil, and you had to replace it. And I thought, well... Shoot, I'm doing an oil change every 30,000 miles with this system, and it's costing me a fortune. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's the same advice you give somebody that's, that's using a lot of oil. Say they're in the, you know, they're in the rebuild range, and right. they're at 2,500 miles a gallon. Don't change your oil There's anymore. There's no point right. changing your oil. <laughs> right. Never change your oil at that point. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. I've, I've talked about and, this in the past. The, I haven't the, talked about it in quite a while, but I had a, um, I, I think it was my Astro, my GMC Astro, the cab over. It had a, a big Cam 350 in it, and that had a... And this was a, a Cummins system, a factory system. I had a big oil canister on the back of the cab, 
I held three gallons, yeah, I think. The old lubefinder system. Similar, right. but this one actually routed some of the oil into the fuel system, and you burned it. You oh, burned yeah. the oil, mm-hmm. and then you just kept adding makeup oil. You didn't really change the oil. It, that wasn't a bad system at all on mm-hmm. a mechanical engine. I'd never do that to you no. know one of today's modern diesels, but... On a mechanical engine, that was a good system. Yeah, yeah. So, so they also offer FS twenty five hundred. Also offers a ad- adapter kit to put a spin on filter on. Oh, good. So you go good. from the the uh, eight inch element. You you remove that, and that's probably where they get a lot of their sales spec from is it's just an eight inch element so when you adapt to the spin on i think it's a nine or a ten i don't rightly remember okay and they say you can go another five thousand miles according to their quote-unquote recommendation but they're they're, there yeah you're if you're sampling, you know if you don't feel comfortable, sample at 15 like they say, and, and wait a week and see what it says. Yeah, if exactly. It's good, right. You know, you you can tell if the filter's working. You can feel it. You can tell whether or not it's circulating oil. So yep. You, you can, know, or you can you test it with a heat gun or whatever. OPS went through that same transition. The original OPS used to be a drop-in filter. Then they came out with an adapter for Mm -hmm. their original, so you could do a spin-on, and then they just built their filters to accept the spin-on. So they went through that same thing. Sure, sure. So, change of pace. I started on the Cardio Miracle. Um, I heard you talking about it. I called you about the polycythemia. Yes. So, I haven't seen a lot of change um i'm trying to track long term now to see how if i'm extending my my phlebotomies if you will because so, i'm doing the same thing i'm i'm sampling and draining on my body just like right. we do on these on exactly these trucks. yeah <laughs> that's right the sample comes back your oil level's too high. I go to the doctor, you know, go next door and <laughs> yep. plug me in and, give, and give drain a little it blood. Clean. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. So, but the one thing I did notice, I'm using the the uh, cardio miracle and the light balance, and using the two of them together. If I used, I drink two cardio miracles a day. I noticed that uh, my morning ritual is a little bit different. My my BMs are more solid, if you will. Not that they're loose or anything, but they're more solid. Okay. And it's usually a shorter duration. To, you know, to, to it's it's usually a little bit more cumbersome to to make everything move. But then when I do, it's a shorter it. duration. Okay. It's, uh, mass and i was curious to find out if i was running into problems with that that you could think of no am i, I you, you know, know i backed I, off to one one a day and it it doesn't seem to be as bad if you will so i'm, I'm more comfortable with the one cardio miracle a day i, I i'd stick with one for now then you, you know I, i'm just a big fan and we should probably listen to our body um 
it's not a not a yeah, bad idea exactly. at all. And you seem to be pretty in tune with yours, so I, I would trust that for now. Right, right. That's kind of what I thought, and I, I backed off of it all together, and then re, same thing, reset one a day, yeah. and I, I've noticed that that's not as as big of a deal, if you will, as it was before. So I'm just set, settling on the one a day. Yeah, no, but I that didn't makes know if with the light balance, maybe I was getting too much of something because um, I haven't done any testing. Yeah, well, and I normally don't recommend like mineral testing. It can get expensive. It's not all that accurate. I, I almost feel like we can just kind of play around and tweak and come up with, you know, good results, okay. which is exactly what you're doing. All right, sir. That's all I had. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Indiana. Jay, welcome to the program. Jay, I heard something there for a second. Are you with us? Yeah, sorry. I didn't hear my name. Yeah, I'm here. There you are. Go ahead. I made a, I made a, I had a whole list for nine months and then I left it in the back of the truck. So I'm going to go off the top of my head here, but, uh, one, the app for Android is working a lot better. Oh, good. Good. It's really easy to use and it's getting better and better. So really appreciate that. So I, I knew our team would, would get that handled sooner or later. It, the Android side is always so much more difficult. You know, on on the Apple side, we we have a couple of iPhones. Um, they're all so similar that it's just not that big of a deal, and we don't need a bunch. On Android, we have boxes and boxes full of phones to test with. There's just so many different versions, and uh, you know, a different operating system, and so it's it's always more of a struggle on the Android side. Yeah, and I've got the one that folds out to a tablet, so I figured that would be harder to do or weird, but it's working out really good. So Good. Um, I don't have long here. I've got to, I'm going to be at the shipper soon. So okay. um, two things. Did you know that the X3, they, they made, it's hard to find it. You had to be on their email list months ago, but they made a longer bar by, I think, a few inches. Did you know they did that? I did. Um, I did. For me, I guess if somebody was tall enough, it might make sense. Yeah, um, I, yeah I'm, I'm taller with wider shoulders, so most of the exercises, it does make sense, but okay. it's Got pretty it. neat. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. There are some other bars on the market, too, that look pretty high quality that look like they would work with the system. I'm going to start testing some. Gotcha. Um, second thing. I'm really far behind on all the episodes, so I don't know if this has been addressed, but months, uh, a month or two ago, you said you were wanting to go over there and see Wim Hof about finishing up your training, and I think, what was it, the vaccine reason? You didn't want to go to another country, and everything's just kind of weird right now? That was one big was reason. Was that kind of the reason? Yeah, like, you know, all the horror stories of people leaving the country and not being able to get back in and all the different vaccination mm. rules. And I, I am absolutely not taking the vaccine under any circumstance. So that was out of the question. And now what's happened is we are just buried with projects. Like, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I had planned gotcha. on a, a big road trip this 
winter, and I'm not sure it's probably going to get cut back and shortened quite a bit. We just all, all of a sudden we just have a lot of really good projects going on, and I just want to commit time to them. Oh, good. Can I add another one? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I He used to be a lot more on social media and stuff or just YouTube and everything, so I don't know his stance, and I haven't reached out, but what do you think about, obviously, that'd be costly getting over there and you're just not going to do it, but I wonder if we did some kind of retreat here and what if he came over here and there's a that- bunch of us that paid him to do it and it's part of a health seminar, and now that's he's getting money. It's a business yeah. expense. All- that, that, that's definitely a possibility. And that I, was, you know, that was one of the advantages when we grew the CMC big enough. Um, then we were able to bring in people like Larry Wingett. I mean, Larry had been a speaker at the CMC for years. We brought in Dan Baker, and, um, you know, we were able to, get some of those paid speakers in. So, yeah, I could certainly see that that may be a possibility. Yeah, because then um, we're paying for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he gets money, no, and I don't know it, his, what right. he, if he's willing to come to the U.S. I, haven't heard, I know he's got he, certified instructors over here. He does but. travel quite a bit. I, I've seen him do, you know, events all over okay, the world. Good. So, yeah, I don't think that would be out of the question. Well, that's something I'm interested in, and I'm definitely ready for uh, get everybody together. So we are in a few years. So we actually really uh, nice. we actually just had a meeting the other day talking about this topic about uh, when when and how we could bring an event back because we're kind of missing it too. Yeah. Well, I could talk all day, but I got to get off here. Man, it was good all talking right. to you. Have a good one. Good talking to you. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Um, yeah, it looks like I'm going to wrap this up for today. I've uh, Speaking of projects, I have a lot I could go work on. Um, we did make it through the calls today. So I'm going to wrap this up, and we will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.